All right. Well, here we, we're coming back from Candle in the Wind, Elton John, and we're not going to be able to relive the conversation we just had, but uh, <laughs> we were talking about how you got to meet yes. Elton John backstage yeah. this year, right? Just last month? No, 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 no. That was a no. mem- I had rehashed that memory on oh, Facebook. Oh, you did? Okay. And okay. I had, which by the way, I never like to reshare when the memories come up, but that one came up and I was like- Oh, okay. So how, when I, was that? That was three years ago. Three years ago. Two okay. and a half or so. Okay. Yeah, my manager- had, had worked with him and had connections and he said i'm I, i'm gonna finally make this happen you know you just show up to this venue in georgia and uh, i'll get you backstage and so there i was just like in the caves of this big arena and there was just me and elton elton walked out of his dressing room and i got three minutes with the man and you I, said he was yelling at his masseuse at the yeah, same time he's just i mean <laughs> it sounds all you know like a dream and it's like this moment filled with glory and meanwhile Elton's just like yelling at his masseuse half the time about his left glute not feeling right before the performance and then he looks at me okay well what were we talking about honey oh what what did you need and I'm like oh I just wanted to tell you I've been looking up to you for 25 years and um you've inspired so much of my stuff and I'm a singer-songwriter in my own right. And he's like, oh, yeah, great, great. Yeah, I've heard your stuff. It's, wow, it's wonderful. Antonio! <laughs> my left glute! My, that glute! <laughs> I mean, so then we just joked a little and took a picture. And, and I was just, you know, I was oh, just out of classic. my skin. I was out of my skin. It was amazing. That's funny. That's wild. Well, to set the stage for um, for you as a, as a singer-songwriter, you know, when I put the playlist together that I shared with Alex, you know, I put the three songs you chose in. And then I put some of my favorites from the, like a best of Brendan James, essentially. Oh, cool. Candle in the Wind uh, was followed by Green, wow. your song. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I got the exact same feeling as soon as that song kicked in. Really? I got tingles, I got a little emotional, and I was just like, wow, yeah, Whoa. that's so great. Whoa. You know, Brendan's got the same thing. <laughs> Dude, I don't know about that, but I... I can tell you I'm I'm honored to hear that. It, my whole goal has just been to put people in that special place, that sort of nostalgic but hopeful mm-hmm. kind of place that, that maybe they do get tingles. That's, that's well, and the I, goal. Well, and I feel the reference, you know. It was really great to hear it back to back like that. Because, oh, you know, cool. I mean, you could imagine, you know, there's so often that, that that could fall flat. You know, here's your yeah. greatest idol and then you're following him up with your yeah, song. And, exactly. and, 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 you know, from my experience, at least, it went really well. Oh, okay, so, good. Yeah, good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And we'll, we're, even though you chose three songs, we're going to play that song at the very, very end. So people can hear your music uh, at the end of this podcast. So it's not awesome. um, Of course, people can always go find you online. Brendan James, uh, Spotify, iTunes. Yeah, yeah. Spotify, iTunes, brendanjames.com. So you have a mentor who inspires you to sort of search for what it is that you're going to become. And you're clearly talented uh, uh, vocally at this time. And you've been told you need to learn an instrument. And I found this really... uh, doubly inspiring to know that you didn't learn how to play piano until you were 19. Yeah, uh, I don't think I was any good until I was like 28. Okay. Uh, I started when I was around meeting Kevin. I started when I was around 17. Because he had said to me one of those nights, he said, I think you could write a song. You could write your own songs. And I was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Uh, He's like, well, you you like poetry, don't you? I'm like, I do. He said, and you have a piano in your house, you just don't play it. And I said, yeah, that's true. He said, well, by tomorrow, why don't you, why don't you write me a song? And I was like, whoa. Yeah, right. <laughs> First of all, you just asked a lot of me. I don't know what you're talking about. So I 
But I went home and just like put three fingers on the piano, which I thought was a triad, a chord, and I went from D minor to C, just back and forth, D minor, C. And I thought that was awesome, by the way. Very nice. I'm like, this is a great song. Um, <laughs> and I started singing some, some lyrics I wrote over and I brought it back and he's like, you see, he wrote a song. Walk me through that moment. <clears throat> You know, the, the idea that you're going to be a musician, that you're going to write your own song and play an instrument, was, was that something that you wanted to do but just felt the fear of you couldn't do that? Or was that just something new to you that you... Do you know... Do you know does that make sense? A, that's a good question. I've never asked myself that question. I, I, I think really looking back in that moment, I... I had no, I did not have any idea that I wanted to do that. But hmm. when I did it, it felt so natural that I realized I want to do this. Right. And it, there was something about the process of it. I think I had for about six years before that started to be doing, I was doing a lot of singing and I started to like singing for people. And I think that he was helping me find the right vessel. Right. Because there's many times my mom would say, sing in church just in her own subtle way, you know, they want you to be the soloist. And, and every few months I would do it and it would feel really great. But then I'd have reluctance because I didn't want to just use my voice for, for something that I didn't truly feel. And that went on. That's, that's been a theme of my whole career, by the way, <laughs> is if the song ain't right, then right. I'm not feeling it. I don't want to use my voice for that. Right. So I think finally getting someone who helped show me how I could use my voice in a really individual Way right. was big. That's so key, you know. Um, I mean, I, I mentioned to you that that's where you know my son Bays is named after David yeah. Bays, who yeah. played a pivotal role in my life at, at a similar moment. You know, nineteen twenty. Um, I was all I was always an artist, always drawing, always painting, doing my thing. But I had been told by so many people and for so many reasons that that was not an easy career right. choice. So, have a backup plan. And, yeah. And, the art will be your side project, essentially. Right, right. And, and you know, again, it was similar to your story where he didn't really, you know, lecture me or, you know, give me advice or anything. It was just like letting me into his world and spending time with him. Mm -hmm. It occurred to me, oh, wow, not only do I really want to do this, but I can do this. Right. Like it's, it's, yeah. There's magic to it, yeah. But at the same time, there's also like a, a path that yeah. I can use by just looking at what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was really inspiring, you know, to 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 have that. And again, it wasn't like he drew up some plan for me. You know, it was like this is how you need to do it. Right. It was like, no, just come hang out for a while. Yeah, that's and, the best. That's the best type of mentorship. It really is. Well, yeah. let's fast forward a little bit because so you have this early mentorship, and then um, years later, you find yourself retreating to Carly Simon's house, and uh -huh. that's miles away from. Uh, a D and a C on the piano. That um, uh, walk us through that. How planet. does that happen? It's another planet, right? Oh, God. <laughs> God, again, another moment I look back on. Like at the time, had had I only known how special it was, you know. Um, but yeah, I was I was 24 and I was working at Urban Outfitters in New York City. And uh, I mean, there's a long story here, and I'll try to I'll try to not tell the whole thing. Uh, Basically, my manager and I at the time, we didn't really know much about the music business. And we thought, well, we got to make a recording. We got to make a demo. So we made a 10-song demo of me just sitting at the piano playing my first songs. And then he, then he said, I know this entertainment lawyer, uh, and she knows a lot of celebrities. So we should send it out to some celebrities. And I'm like, 
Yes. Good idea. I mean, the, the, the hilarious thing is that it was like Tom Cruise and Harrison Ford was on the list. And, and oh, really? Yeah. I mean, we're not even just musician celebrities. We're just talking like celebrities. So Carly Simon was on the list. And anyway, the story goes, he's sitting in his law school class, my manager, like a month later after we had sent these out to these random addresses. And Carly called him. And he's only 24, too. So he just falls off his chair and, you know, she's like, I just, I've been listening to this demo you sent me nonstop. And um, I got to meet this kid. That's amazing. So it just was crazy. He called me and said, keep your phone on. (laughs) Carly Simon's going to call you today. And I'm like, what the fuck? What are you talking about? So she does, she she, she calls me and says, "I, I love your voice. I've been singing all your words around the house. Would you come to Martha's Vineyard and sing a duet with me for the Nobel Peace Prize. Oh, what a surreal. Next month. Wow. I was like, I'm driving, you know, down 95 to Thanksgiving with my family. I'm only 24. I mean, I'm making $9 an hour. I have 10 songs to my name. I'm just starting this whole journey. And so sure enough, she flies me up there the next month. And I walk in to the studio, to this, perfectly aesthetically beautiful studio there's a blizzard going on in Martha's Vineyard and she hands me hot cocoa and introduces me to this famous band that's there she shows me where I'm gonna sing and it's a live feed from Oslo and Robert Plant is just finishing and the host like turns kind of to us and it's like ladies and gentlemen live from her home studio in Martha's Vineyard Carly Simon and I'm just fucking sitting on a stool next to her and it's just go and so from then on, we just had a nice little relationship for a while, and she kind of mentored me as well, and I got to stay at her house. And As somebody who doesn't have that talent, like, is there any block in, like, just going, or does it just, you channel and it's open and you're there? I mean, like, the... What part of the process... <clears throat> I mean, just sitting down with the weight of oh, your that idols, moment. Oh. that moment, Robert Plant, go. Good question. Does your voice, is it just there in the moment? Or yeah, it is. Yeah. Wow. It's, it can be shaky if you're too nervous for some reason, right. but I think it's probably like anything, any human ability. I think in those clutch moments, if you're meant to do it, it, yeah. does, it does come out of you. Yeah. Hmm. And the adrenaline really starts to pump it up and... Instead of nerves overtaking me, this almost sense of responsibility mm-hmm. must click in or something because, you know what I mean? I've always wondered, like, how does it come out? And like I said about the funeral, I just think it's supposed to, mm. which is the, why I'm doing this for 20 years and why I've, I've handled the hardships of it too and taken all the ups and downs for those moments where I'm like, no, dude, this is it. You're supposed to be doing this. It's been proven to you time and again. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's interesting. I always say about athletics, you know, you, you find out, like, with with three seconds left on the clock, you're down by two points, and there's five people on the court. You know, three right. of them are sort of hiding. One pretends they want the ball, but they you can't get it to them. And then there's one person who's like, give me the damn ball. Right. I mean, I, I, this if there's is somebody going to shoot, this is – and, and I've always had that feeling. Yeah. The, the, the moment gets me more – excited oh, right the same um, exact thing yeah same exact so thing. interesting so cool we that were talking is. about that on the break that athletics yeah, and yeah art do guess. have a lot of parallels and right. I, I was saying i think it does stem from that adrenaline it sends it stems from that 
that that same knowledge of your own talent and gift and and your desire to want to share it and use right. it and all of a sudden you can so really, here's a big moment yeah, yeah. you can yeah. liken a, a star soccer player to a leader of a band you know pretty easily in those in those big moments wow that's a cool moment man um so walk us through what is it next the signing with capitol records in 2005 is that yeah that was about a year later yeah. um and that 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 happened from making another demo uh we finally got a band behind it i did this like four song demo same manager and at the time you know i was reading about actually you guys and, and why the, the origins of this show and I, the, the story of the hero um and and mythology and mm. I, I couldn't help but think of my early days with my manager and that he and i would sit and we, he he had this really grandiose way of looking at what we were doing and i admired i admired it then i admire it now but he would just we'd have these meetings in my apartment in stuyvesant town and he would take it so seriously and he'd bring his yellow notepad and he would literally be charting out our course and he'd say things like we are young but we are men and we can do this we are we are able, and he would have these like grandiose principles, and we really did carve out this story. And we knew we're like, okay, what do we need? We need a demo. We need four songs with a band to show someone what you do. And then we need a producer needs to do it. So we need to get with a good producer. And it was just like we just found the that next producer. Step, yeah. And we found that producer and we made this demo, my first time really being in a real studio. And that producer had some connections. We got this showcase together in New York City at the living room um, in the Lower East Side. And and we just knew that you got to get a lot of people there. You got to just spin it, have a lot of hype. The producer pulled all his connections. My manager did. I did. So it was just full house. And record labels came, like five of them. Nice. And just got this buzz going. And the, the EP was great. And so before we knew it, the A&R of Capitol Records was one of them. Um, and he came to me outside, I'll never forget it, outside the living room. And he's like, we, we, we need you to come to LA. I mean, maybe tomorrow. Um, we, we don't want to lose you to anyone else. We, we want to sign you. I'm like, uh, okay. Um, and then a couple others had come to my manager and said, we're really interested in signing him. Who's he going to go with? And so we had these choices at the end of that night. Wow. And anyway, it was just, we had charted that out on paper together. It was so cool. Um, so we ended up going with Capital. I flew there that week and spent the next two weeks in Hollywood working on the contract. And anyway, it the was- The business side of it all. Yeah, yeah. So walk through sort of the business colliding with the artistic expression, your experience from that, my how that goodness. shaped you post Capital Records. Oh my gosh, the business of music. What a funny phrase. Um, it's like they should call it the, the music hustle and not the music business. It's to me, what I've learned is it's just so erratic, chaotic. Um, and it's tough to balance for an, for an artist for sure is figuring out because it's, it's part and parcel with making your art. You have to figure a way out to, to, to get it out to the world and to monetize it and to make something that's lasting out of it. So I've just had, I've had tried to keep the people that I trust around me and just good, warm, but savvy people around me. And and hopefully I've done an okay job of it. Um, it's just always, it's always been a challenge though. But that first with. experience with, with Capitol Records uh, finds you, of course, 
top of the mountain, you know, you're, you're, you're yeah. floating on the clouds, right? And you're yeah. heading out to LA and, you know, this is it, this is your big break. And um, I remember reading that there was some, there was some artistic differences in the studio. Oh yeah. Um, so there's some 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 back and forth going on there, oh, some battles man. there, and of course you've already said you know here that there, there's certain things you won't compromise on because it's your, yeah, this is your voice, this is your uh, uh, signature you're putting on this out to the world, right? Yeah. So, I mean, if that was the peak, if that was in my young career, if that was the peak, was 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 being in the top floor of Capitol and the CEO, the president Andy Slater saying, "Welcome to the Capitol family," shaking his hand and. That, that was, and getting all this money, oh my God, <laughs> such a big record deals back then. That was the peak. I think what I learned in the aftermath, the next two to four years was really when the rubber met the road for me. And I was like, okay, you can get signed on belief, but now it's, now it's time to back it up and to make the recordings that everybody thinks you can, to do the tours everybody thinks you can. And it wasn't an easy three or four years after that. Um, it's hard to describe. There was tons of bureaucracy I was dealing with at Capitol. It was 2005, so everything was shifting in the music business. Right. And that's like the precipice. That's the cliff moment that everybody talks about. Right. It was like 04 to yeah. 06. This is, this is, you know, Napster heading into yeah. Spotify sort of mode, totally, right? Totally, totally. Yeah. This is like yeah. the end of the big budget, and I was one of the last big budgets, so they had spent so much on me. But what we none of us had stopped to really analyze was was the music lining up with who the artist is. Right. And how important is that? And mm. So that ended up being, I went with three different producers and spent so much money with each one and got to work with these amazing people and musicians and and, and loved it. But then Capital merged with someone, I think Virgin, and the president switched. And I got a call from the new president that said, Brendan, we love your stuff, but you know, I didn't sign you. So, so I have other people I need to bring into the fold that I signed personally that I know the story of, and his name was Jason Flom, this president, and he called me personally. And he said, we wanna give you this sort of money package to let you leave, but we can't keep you because I have to bring in my guys to the fold. I'm like, wow. So there I am, at least with some money, and I make my own first record after two failed records that we didn't release. So I nothing decided, released through Capital. Nothing released through Capital. And, and you were able to keep the masters from? Yeah, they let me keep the masters. Okay, and was they, that unusual? Yeah, it was very I thought unusual. So. Yeah, there was yeah. Thought, there was some warmth to, okay. to him. Right. Sounds like it. And and I know that the label had respected me and my team, and they knew we were working really hard, and they knew that the prior president was going through his own things. So uh, anyway, we were able to finally take what we had learned and some of the money and say, let's pay a producer we want to hire that we believe in. And it was Michael Blue, this guy who had just done some really good singer songwriter stuff, made our first album and. And then my career started to flow a little bit better. But that was a, that was a tough couple of years. Yeah, I bet. And exciting at the same time. I mean, it, it was just crazy. To, to, to go that distance and then not actually have a record must have yeah. felt really, really strange. So strange. Did you lose confidence in yourself during oh, that yeah. period? Yeah. yeah, I did, but not too much. I, yeah. I still had that youthful confidence that really only comes with with lack of knowledge and lack of experience (laughs) i had that invincible thing going on yeah yeah Yeah. and i i was i was still rolling on that and so that carried me through through my first i think two albums you know then when you hit 30 32 33 some of that shield starts to break away and, and you start to face reality in a few you know 
it's and a whole different other things happen in my career. Yeah, you talk about the rubber hitting the road. That that seems to be one of the breakpoints uh, age-wise yeah. is uh, music and you know with me and the in the visual arts is if yeah. you're still doing it in your 30s the crowd starts to get pretty thin. Yeah. You know, so it's like it's it's another it's another hurdle to get over but if you could make it to that point then then you're you're in smaller company and and have a better chance of continuing. Totally. And there's that funny thing that happens with any artist, I don't know the certain age, but in their mid-30s, somewhere around there, where you realize, oh, shit, I, I had a backup plan. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but I'm getting older now. Like, I don't know that that backup plan isn't going to work anymore. It's faded. I isn't that funny? I can't make those phone calls, keep those business cards I once kept in my 20s as this little idea. So all of a sudden you're like, all right, this is it. Let's we're doing this. We're gonna look. We're yeah. gonna carry this one home. It's, I've, I've reached that recently, and it's 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 fun. It's actually a relief in a, in a strange. It way. is right because yeah. you know? if there is no backup plan, then there's no alternative but just to carry on. Totally. Right? So there, there, there's there's pressure, of course, and that comes what? from that territory. But I know I'm, we're we're talking this one to death. But I that just might, made me think of something. When a young artist comes up to me and, and they, they want to know how to do it, I'm like, well, how do you get the fans you have? Or how would you get your career? I, I really want to say to them, if you really want it, if it's really your talent and your gift to give to the world, then don't have a backup plan. Don't think mm. about anything else. I think that's my, the reason I'm, I'm doing this is because I never had a, a, plan, a backup plan. I really just followed this, sometimes ignorantly, sometimes blindly, but it's it's the only way to make a true career out of it when you're not thinking of what you'd fall back on. Right. Well, you're not split. You're not split personality at that point. It's it, yeah. when you say that, it reminds me of a story that I'll tell people, which was, I'll never forget it. You know, living on uh, on the third floor, uh, King Street here in Charleston. I was living in my studio, single mattress microwave coffee maker you know yeah. like that was and then art studio you know it's kind yeah of living like in the art studio. studio not an apartment studio right right, Got right. It. yeah and um so but that i was the scene of our first wrestling match that was yeah. totally yeah i know the apartment <laughs> different times <laughs> different times yeah <laughs> cufflinks flying yeah um was this a real wrestling match or fake there had there was some uh there was some drinking and smoking involved and, and okay. uh, late at night alex inexplicably challenged me to a wrestling match. That's amazing. <laughs> and that's why I love being a boy. It's like, yeah, it's right. very, we're right, very right. smart for It seemed, act, I yeah. mean, like from the outside looking in, I, I imagine a lot of people would have been like, that was out of left field. But in that moment, I was like, yeah, okay. let's roll. Let's <laughs> right? do this. It literally just feels natural. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, I have wrestling stories. Too. Do you? That's so great. Anyway, oh, um, go ahead. Uh, so at the time I was doing... You know, in order to cover the bills, I had been doing, I had been bartending. Finally gave up the bartending and I was doing commercial graphic design. So I was doing corporate identity, marketing, commercial photography, ads, things like that. And I had told myself, all right, as soon as the money from my artwork hits the point that I'm making from the commercial stuff, I'm going to dump everything commercially and just pursue the just, artwork full time. Right, right. And that was a decision that I like made up in my mind, I think wrote down on paper. All right, here's what we're aiming for. And over a six-month period, everything I was doing artistically kept bumping into the ceiling just below. Just below, I mean, right. just below. And after, you know, it took a few times for me to finally step back and say, okay, I know what needs to happen. And I called up all my clients and said, I'm giving you all your stuff. I'm done. 
thank you very much. And um, I'm just pursuing the artwork. Wow. And as soon as I did that, you talk about the backup plan thing, right? Yeah. As yeah. soon as I did that, boom, everything took off. Right. As Immediately. To, as opposed to living your entire life just below. Right. Because right. not only were you just below financial standards, you were probably just below your own fulfillment as well. Yeah. And that's even worse. Yeah. 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 Wow. Because I, I, I know, you know, not even just deep down, but on the surface at that point, I was starting to feel like the work I was doing commercially in advertising and communications was not only not really fulfilling me, I was good at it because I knew how to direct the eye and how to design things well. Yeah. But I felt like, you know, it felt really awful to me to spend a career encouraging people to buy things that they that they that just weren't even, maybe weren't even good for them or that I didn't have yeah. any passion about. Yeah, you know, like yeah. it just felt kind of like a hustle. Totally. And I just wasn't didn't want to do that anymore. So it, it was just such a relief to dump the whole hustle. That's yeah. You're making me think of pop music in my life and how I have this like spectrum. And the second it gets beyond like a six in pop, I start thinking it's not going to give people anything. And then it doesn't give me anything. Huh. So I'm like, I can't, no, no poppier than that. No poppier than that. No poppier than that. I want to get catchy. I want to get rhythmic. I, I want to fit in with some trends. But then there's like this spectrum for me. And I think it's probably similar. Mm-hmm. A six out of 10, <clears throat> is that what you're saying? That, that's yeah. the pop spectrum? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, it's, like it's, it's interesting transition because here you are transitioned into a musician, right? And the next conversation we're going to get into is a topic called sort of music won't define me. Hmm. Um, but yeah. before we do, we're going to uh, tune out of this segment with uh, a wonderful poet, wow. musician, Bob Dylan, a girl from the North Country. Enjoy. If you're traveling in the North Country fire Where the winds hit heavy on the borderline Remember me to one who lives there She once was a true love of mine If you go when the snowflakes storm When the rivers freeze and summer ends Please see she has a coat so warm To keep her from the howling wind Please see if a hair hangs long If it rolls and flows all down her breast Please see for me if a hair's hanging long For that's the way I remember her best I'm wondering if she remembers me at all Many times I've often prayed In the darkness of my night In the 
brightness of my day Once was a true love mine. 